our brother Glenn, our pastor uh, Glenn and his wife Vicki, they're at home, they're watching uh, online, and Glenn wanted me uh, to remind you to pray for him, um, but he wanted to greet you, to send his love to you, and say Happy New Year. He's recovering. If you're new with us, our brother uh, had complete knee replacement surgery. This is the second uh, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas in a row that he's been in hospital having surgery, and he does not love that very much, and uh, he misses you tremendously. So um, I would ask you, send him a, send him a card, send him a, an email, send him a text, call him up, <laughs> spam him, um, but tell him you love him, and uh, pray for him, okay? Be praying for him. So yes, I'm going to be sharing on uh, prayer. We've been having, we've been going through a series on prayer. Ushers, please uh, bring up the uh, the uh, sign-up sheets and the the notes and stuff. If you don't, if you don't have the notes, raise your hand. They'll get you notes and a pen. Um, but we've been going through a series on prayer. It's titled Conversations with God, and today it's my privilege to continue in that uh, in that series. And I'm talking about a title. My title is. Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Charles Spurgeon, a great man of God, a great author, a great speaker, a pastor, said this, prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. Prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. What do you think of that? Do you think, do you feel weak? Do you feel impotent? Do you feel like you lack? Can you pray? Prayer, the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. What a picture. And there are many scriptures that support that, but I've got a few questions about that. I just, just a few questions about that. If Mr. Spurgeon was here, I'd say, wait a second, got a question. What if moving the muscle of omnipotence has become such a focus that we've missed something crucial? What if we've tried prayer and frankly, we don't get it. Our prayers weren't answered in the time of a tragedy or suffering, or it's grown stale in our lives and we're kind of bored with it, or we try to pray, but we quickly get distracted and frankly, we just don't get it. Does it even work? Does it work? Have you ever been doing something or avoiding doing something that you know would be really good for you to do, but then you see a master doing it, and you go, wait a second, that's not what I've been doing. Teach me. Teach me. Have you ever done that? I have. I was at a men's group, I don't know, maybe it was a year or two ago. A men's group was a guy thing. We went out to uh, the Hilltop restaurant owned by our own Steve McKenzie and his wife, and we went and had a men's time. We had a great breakfast. It was wonderful. But then we went across the street, and we did guy things like oil changes on the car and rotating tires, which didn't enthuse me. But in addition, we did knife throwing and axe throwing which enthused me. But I'm the kind of guy, I was always chosen last for the team, you know. I'm not real coordinated, and, and, I'm, and I have this, for whatever reason, I'm a very pr- I've had this pride issue in my life. How can you be a proud person and not be able to do stuff like trip and fall and can't walk and you come? Talk, you know, anyway... So, I, so something like that, throwing knives and, and axe throwing, it's like, I want to do that so bad. So what I did is I, 
it, but, I, but I'm awkward, okay? I'm not coordinated. So I'd wait till everybody else was off doing something else, and I'd go out, and there's the target, and there's the knives and the axes, and everybody else, nobody around, so I'd pick it up, and I'd throw it, and I'd go, plunk, splat, right? The hit sideways, and I go, okay, nobody saw that. It's all right. I'll try again. Zoom, plunk, splat, over and over and over. And I just got, all right, nobody saw, it's all right, but I felt like such a failure, and I go, you know, but I would love to be able to do this, because that's a real guy thing, you know, so anyway, but I can't, and that's typical, and I'm okay with that, I've gotten used to that, and uh, so I go wander around, do other things, and then I come back out there, because I'm really intrigued, and there's this young kid, Caden Rates, if you know Caden, do you know Caden? Caden Rates, he's out there, and you know, he's at the axis, and he just goes, wham! sticks it. Wham! Sticks it. Went five in a row, he just sticks it. I went up to him and I said, Caden, teach me. Caden, teach me. So what he did is he, he gave me three little tips and I imitated him. I just stood next to him and I imitated him and I went, thum, and it went, bam! Stuck. I'm like, no, that's random. Okay, try it again. Just stuck. Four out of five stuck. Woo! Go to a master. Right? When something doesn't feel quite right, it, you wonder, does this anything work? I go, these are supposed to be throwing axes. They're supposed to embed in that. And here I am screwing it up. And I just didn't... I, anyway, happened again. Last year we had a, a rooftop service. Remember that? We, <laughs> we had a rooftop service, and, and Steve McKenzie, again, he's organizing what? A beanbag tournament, beanbag tournament. So it's like, oh, you, you sign up, sign up. Dan, you want to sign up? No. I'm that guy who, in front of God and everybody, I'm going to be humiliated, you know, doing this thing. I'll be out really quick. And uh, so I go, nope, don't want to do it. And then I thought, well, I probably should do it, you know, just to be a part of what the heck's going on around here. And... Uh, and so I said, sign us up, and we're getting ready to start. And I look over, and there's Caden Rates. So I go, Caden, you taught me how to throw a knife and stick it. How to do, not the knife. We just did the axe. I still can't do the knife. Um, I said, Caden, show me how to do beanbag. And he goes, well, there's several techniques. And he says, there's this way, and there's this way, and there's that way, and there's the other way. And I said, Caden, I don't care about all those ways. What's your way? And he showed me how to do it. And I got Robin. I said, Robin, get over here because we're partners. She's got to know how to do it. So she comes over, learns the technique, and who won the beanbag tournament this year? <laughs> we beat Caden and his dad. I'm like, I'm like, what? What's the point? What? Great stories. What's the point? Awkward. Does it even work? Go to the master and say, teach me. This is what the disciples said. This is what the disciples did. You know that prayer, the Lord's Prayer? Okay, thank you. <laughs> the disciples asked Jesus, teach me to pray. And he taught them how to pray. Why do we avoid things that are really good for us and that we should do? Why is it? It's because it feels awkward sometimes. And we just back off. But there's someone who wants you and me to pray. And He'll teach you to pray. Our whole purpose in this series is to teach what is prayer and what's the point. And then secondly, how to pray. And for a single purpose, only one purpose, as our brother was talking about that you and I would become men, women, and children of prayer. Why? Because Jesus loves you. And He wants a relationship with you. And we want that in the worst way for you. That's why we're working to do this and to share these words. Why? Because we know this, your relationship with Jesus is going to grow deeper and deeper and more meaningful the more your prayer life grows. 
So Jesus said to his disciples one day, he said, he taught them how to pray. And you know, these Jewish boys, they grew up with the Psalms, as Brother David was talking about, the liturgy of the Passover, their everyday prayers for their needs. They were in the presence of a master. And they saw something. They realized this master knew something about prayer that they didn't know. You may have been walking with the Lord for many, many years, and you might know something about prayer. Do you know everything there is to know about prayer? No. We can all grow. And I believe that Jesus taught one key principle that unlocks the way of a true life of prayer. And that principle, that first principle is prayer is first about moving me before it's about moving God. Spurgeon talked about the thin nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. But I'm suggesting that before we get to that, there's something that must happen first, and that's you and I must be moved. John 15, 7 says this, But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, this is the condition. How do you remain in Him? I believe there's one powerful word for that, and it's called encounter. The title of this series is Conversations with God, and you know what? Many of our conversations are quite surface. Good morning. How are you? Good to see you. God bless you. Take care. I'll pray for you. Okay, that's cool, but that's pretty surface. What God wants to do is He wants to have more than that kind of a conversation with you. Did you know that? He wants to have an encounter with you. What's an encounter like? It's when your conversation now goes to another level where you begin to share a little bit about who you are. And in return, the other shares a bit about who they are. That's encounter. That's relationship. And that's what God wants for you and me in our life of prayer. The conversation becomes a personal encounter, a true connection. And the Bible speaks of this in our relationship with God is about knowing and being known. Galatians 4.9 says this, So now that you know God, or should I say, now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? What's he saying? He's talking about knowing in an intimate fashion. Intimacy, knowing, not just saying, hi, how are you? Good morning, God. Great to see you. I'm off to work today. Take care of me. I appreciate it. Thanks. Gone. Something more than that. The goal is not just sharing information, but also ourselves. J.I. Packer wrote this in his book called Knowing God. Knowing God is a matter of personal dealing. Knowing God is more than knowing about Him. It is a matter of dealing with Him as He opens up to you and being dealt with by Him. Friends open their hearts to each other by what they say and do. We must not lose sight of the fact that knowing God is an emotional relationship as well as an intellectual and volitional one and could not indeed be a deep relationship between persons if it were not so. I love that statement. Knowing God is an emotional, intellectual, and volitional relationship. That's all of you, every part of you involved in that relationship. It's not surface. It's deeper than that. Tim Keller wrote, What is prayer, then, in the fullest sense? Prayer is continuing a conversation that God has started through His Word and His grace, which eventually becomes a full encounter with Him. Do you get the sense it's a flow back and forth? He reveals Himself to you in His Word. 
And you and I, we respond to that. And there's a flow of relationship that begins. How do you respond? Okay, I could, I could just camp here right now, uh, but I can't. I can't. There's not enough time. Uh, so I believe that Jesus answered the question from his disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. He showed them a pattern of prayer that would help them to get to a place where they could share themselves, not just requests. Are you with me? This pattern is the Lord's Prayer. It's a pattern. It's not a formula where if I say these things, then this will happen. It's not that. It's a pattern. And I believe that Jesus said, shared with them, this is how you should pray. It was a pattern, a way of thinking, a way of approach that gets us into position to be real, to be personal, to encounter our God. You'll notice it's the Lord's Prayer is in the Scriptures in two places, and it's different in each place. So it wasn't a formula, A, B, C. It's not. And so I'm not suggesting that you, if you do this, then that will happen. What I'm saying is, I believe God wants to move us to a place where we can be intimate with Him. And Jesus said, pray like this. So I've been doing that. It's first about moving me before moving God. It's about position before petition. Until our hearts are moved, His hand is not. Three little ditties. I'm not big on ditties. You know what ditties are? They're little catchphrases. That, I'm not big on those, but these, the Lord, I, I just got, to me, these words came to mind about position. So this prayer is about moving me before moving God. Think about that as we read. And then after that, we're going to spend some time together going even deeper into this pattern. And I'm going to ask you to participate with me. This, this is going to be an audience participation time. So get ready. Get, get ready. Okay. First, let's read, the, let's read this very slowly. And I want you to think about the prayer as a pattern about moving me before moving God, okay? While we read it. And let's read this together, okay? Matthew chapter, starting Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read 9 through 13, and let's read it all together. It's up there. I'm going to go slowly. Let's go all together, Matthew 6, 9. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Very familiar prayer. And with that which is very familiar, it's very easy to just go right? We're not going to do that this morning. Our brother Dave was talking about meditation. That's what we're going to do together. Don't let that freak you out. We're going to do this together. We're going to meditate on this prayer, and we're going to allow the Lord to mess with our heart. Okay? Are you with me on this? Are you okay with that? Okay, I have your permission, right? Now, this isn't Weird kind of meditation, or I shouldn't say that weird. There's all kinds of great meditation. So forgive me for that. I'll roll it back. Get that out of the tape. This is not the kind of meditation where you empty your mind. Okay? That's it. This is not about emptying your mind. This is about engaging your mind. Remember Packer said it's all about, it's emotional, but also intellectual and volitional. So we're going to do something this morning, and what we're going to do is this is, uh, Tim Keller calls this Christian meditation in his book on prayer. Christian meditation, what it is, is it's choosing by your volition, by your will, to focus your mind on what? On the Word of God. 
By my will, I'm going to choose to focus my mind, my intellect, on the Word of God, and I'm going to listen to the Spirit of God and your own spirit and your emotional response to His Word, okay? All together the package. And your emotion, your emotions are going to be guided, God willing, by the Word, by the Word of God, okay? That's what we're going to do together. I'd like, this is basically a workshop. What we're going to do together, I've shared it with you, we're going to walk very slowly through the pattern the Lord Jesus gave us. I'm going to read just a few words. I'm going to ask Sebastian, you can go ahead and do this now, Sebastian, put on a little contemplative music to eliminate the silence in the room because everybody knows you get really antsy when there's silence, right? That's the purpose of the music. It's not to be the focus, so it's very quiet. I'll ask you if you're comfortable with it to close your eyes and simply focus on the Word. If, you, if it makes you, if it creeps you out to close your eyes and just open your eyes and focus on a spot on the floor in front of you or something. I'm going to read a short portion of the Lord's Prayer, and I'd like you to think about the words. Listen to your mind, your spirit. When I do this, sometimes I have questions. You know what I mean? I go, what in the world does that mean? Sometimes I just say, ah, you know what that means? It means this, that. For example, Father. We're going to talk about, I'm going to give you an example of what I'm asking us to do. Our Father. What comes to your mind that is in the Scripture? Not your experience as a father, not your experience with your father, but what comes to your mind about the Father, our God, His attributes perhaps, His dealing with you perhaps? How do you feel about that? Mull it over. Think about it. If you're comfortable, if you're comfortable, Speak out what's come to your mind, how you're responding. As you do that, we will all learn. We'll all grow together. It's not about me teaching now. It's about the Holy Spirit through His Word teaching. As you speak out what the Lord has given you, if you're more comfortable in silence, that's fine. At some point, I might throw something out there for you to consider, and it might generate other thoughts. If someone says something and it inspires a thought in you, go ahead and share it. I'd ask you to be brief, respect others, and give each one time. If you're comfortable, you might respond with the, one of the shortest and most powerful prayers there is. Thank you, Lord. One of the most powerful and overlooked wor- uh, prayers in the world. Thank you, Lord. Okay? Let's meditate our way through the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, Our Father in heaven, what comes to your mind? Provider. Provider. Good. What else? Abba. Abba. Protector. Protector. Defender. The Lord God Almighty. Peace. Creator. Savior, again, what was that? 
loving and kind. Sacrifice. There's another word there I'm going to suggest. It says, he says, our Father. What does that suggest? Our Father. Mine? Family. Yours. His. Jesus, Father. Holy. Alpha and Omega. Healer. When Jesus includes himself in there, our Father, what else is he saying? Can you believe it? He says, that means he's my brother. Emmanuel. In heaven, our Father in heaven. Again, above all, eternal. Day and night, night and day, will never cease to proclaim holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. I missed the last part, but I, who was and is and is to come. That's what's happening right now in the Father's presence. It's a holy place. It's a holy place. The great I am. The great physician. Jehovah Rapha, uh, the God who sees. Right? You got that right? Huh? Rohai, Rohai. Our God is in heaven, a place where angels stand and worship. Can you go there? Say again. Reachable. He's accessible in heaven. Why? Why is he accessible in heaven if people, he says in his word that no man can see me and live? These are the questions I ask when I read these things. How is it that he's accessible? Jesus. He's in heaven and Jesus has made a way for you and me to enter his presence. Jesus has intervened. What? Say. The power of the Holy Spirit tore that veil and made a way. Let's move on. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Strange word, hallowed. Really, it means may your name be holy. And this is a prayer request. This is the first actual request in the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer request. May your name be holy. What does that mean to you? 
He is worthy. It demands a response. His worthiness demands a response. Hallowed be your name. Let's think about his name. Tell me, what what do you think about when you think of his name? The The name above all names. Savior. Say it again. Worthy is the Lamb. Every knee will bow. Mighty and powerful. The preeminence of this prayer request in the Lord's Prayer and what you're talking about, what you're sharing, can you just sense the reverential spirit of this prayer? I may not understand everything that it means to be holy, and I may not understand all of what His name means, but there's a rich well to delve into there, a mine but certainly we can sense there's a reverence. Jesus is saying, come in reverence. A name, think about this for a second, a name. I carry the name Daniel. When I'm not present with you, it's my name that brings me to your awareness. A name is really the awareness in another of a person. This name is your conscious awareness of our God. Let me ask you this, hallowed be your name. Is His name not already holy? What is this prayer? Can you and I make His name more holy? We can honor His name. Reverence. We can revere His name. Your thoughts, your behaviors, bringing that name into my daily life of faith honors that name. As you and I come to prayer, Jesus, I believe, is saying, first, we must be moved. We must be moved from the common to the heavenly. And one way is to recognize His name and hallow that in my own heart. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. God's rule, His kingdom, God's rule. 
sacrificial love characteristic of his kingdom. He inhabits the praises of his people. A place that we may dwell in oneness with the Father. Did I get that? Mm. What a prayer. Your kingdom come. Jesus said something about many things about the kingdom. One of them is the kingdom of God is within you. Do I see these characteristics coming out of my life? Think about that. I didn't hear. What? Sanctification. Mm, a process. Current and future kingdom. Together with sanctification, that makes me think of a progression. There's something happening. And that prayer, thy kingdom come, is a cry that these characteristics we've been talking about, we're saying, Father, do something in me. Right? Do something in me that my life would display that kingdom. That's one thought anyway. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Christ in us is the hope of glory. And the only way the kingdom can be expressed in us, it's Christ in us. An invitation. Your will be done. Your will be done. Surrender. Submission. His will is that all would come to Him. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? Earth is where we exist. Is that what you meant? Yeah. On earth, where we exist, as it is in heaven. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from heaven. In my heart, in my life, in my family, in my sphere, in my city, in my country, in this world, this blue marble, by your enabling grace, May your will be done as it is in heaven. We first acknowledge who God is. He's our Father. 
He dwells in inaccessible light, and by His grace, we can access that light. We acknowledge that His name is as holy as it will ever get, and it's up to Him to work in us that our lives might hallow it. We come to the place where we say, not my will, but thy will be done. And then, and only then, do we move now to prayer requests about our needs. Does that make sense to you? I've, as you respond to the Lord, as you meditate on His Word and respond, and as you're moved, now you're in the right place. Now you're in the right place to say, give us this day our daily bread. What does that mean to you? Give us this day our daily bread. You know what we need. He is the giver. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word from God. What's the reference for that? Luke 6, 38. I'll just make it short. Give us this day our daily bread. What does that mean? We need Him every day, every single day. The Jews in the wilderness, the children of Israel were given manna, and as He taught the disciples this prayer, they would have immediately gone here. They would have known immediately that manna was to be collected every day, and if they didn't go out and get it, they wouldn't have any, and if they collected too much, it would spoil. God provided just enough for each day, teaching them, we need Him every day. Yeah, and don't worry about the future. Don't worry about it. He's got that covered. God knows more of what we need than we do ourselves. Take the place of faith. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. It's understood we have debts. This is a humbling acknowledgement that I'm indebted beyond belief to my Savior. And Jesus went to the cross so that we could even say that. <laughs> Hallelujah. as we have forgiven our debtors. Is this a self-limiting prayer? What if I don't forgive my debtors? Hmm? 
forgiveness is not available to me. That's a sobering thought, friends. If we want to be forgiven, we must be forgivers. And this part of this prayer is get where it's getting real now. It's getting real. We're saying, God, mess with me. Deliver me from complaining about the speck in my brother's eye while I have a beam in my own. Lead us not into temptation. Would God do that? Would God lead us into temptation? Why do we even need to pray that way? Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Remember that? He knows the brutal reality of temptation. He also knows the terrible consequences of failure. He didn't experience it, but he knew. He knew better than anyone what would be the consequence of his failure to stand up to temptation. He knows how serious it is. And he says to you and me, in his mercy and grace, he says, pray, lead me not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. There is an enemy to be delivered from. It says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Deliver us, O Lord, from evil. We'll leave it there for now. And we'll close. Uh, Worship team can come up. I've learned that when I approach prayer in this way, friends, with an open Bible, meditating on His Word and responding to it from my soul and spirit, God becomes personal. And I hope, I hope for you this morning it was a taste of that. I hope that in your heart and in your soul, you sense the Lord just moving you a little bit closer and closer to Him. The best way for me to come to Him in the right position is to first acknowledge who He is and second, to commit to His plan rather than mine, no matter what. And finally, and only after the first two, admit my dependence on Him and ask Him for what I need. So let me ask you, if it, one more time if you would, close your eyes and ask you to listen and think. For those of you who know God and are known by Him, I'd ask you, do you long to go deeper in encounter with God in prayer? Raise your hand if that's your heart's desire, please. All over this place. I'd like to ask you to try this for a season. This prayer pattern. It doesn't have to take 30 minutes like we just spent. It can take just a few moments. Take one segment every morning as you come before the Lord. Take one segment and just meditate on it. Ask the Lord questions. Write down the, what you're seeing and what you're sensing. I'd ask you to do that for a season. And I believe, in fact, I'm certain, mutual knowledge will grow deeper and stronger. Now, I want to say to anyone here that does not know Jesus as your Savior, you may know about God, but you've never actually met Him. You've never actually asked Him to be the Lord of your life. And this message is also for you. The Bible teaches us that if we don't receive the forgiveness of our sins that we talked about here as we meditated, 
that's been provided by Jesus on His cross, then we are dead in our sins and we can pray all we want, but it will do us no good. That's not a good place to be. And I could talk to you for an hour to try and convince you of your sin, but I'm pretty sure you already know it. And the Bible teaches us that it's our sin that separates us from God. Is this your condition this morning? Are you unable to claim that you know Him and that He knows you? If that's you this morning and you are ready for that to change, I'd like to ask you to raise your hand right now and we can pray together right now and change that. Anybody in this place? Anybody in this place? I think I saw a hand. Am I accurate? Did I have a hand? No? All right. Our Father, Father of every single one of us, we thank you for the gift of prayer. We thank you for making it possible for sinners like us to join your family and come into your presence just as we are because of the life, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. We come right now in his name and ask you to teach us to pray. Help my brothers and sisters to take these things I've shared and the pattern your Son gave us and put them into practice for the single purpose that we might grow deeper in relationship with you. We trust these things, that you will do these things for us because you're a good Father and for the sake of your kingdom, we ask in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Shine brighter than us all.